Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. What's up? This your boy Lil Duval. And check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome back to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you, as always, so much for tuning in as we begin today's episode, which is a very special episode, by the way, one I'm quite excited about. Why, why don't all our fellow Ridiculous Historians just take a gander at our feet? Uh, what are you wearing? Uh, you know, are you uh, are you going more barefoot, all natural in these our days of pandemic? Maybe you got some house sandals. Maybe you have some L.A. lights or other kind of uh, <laughs> they might be called gimmicky shoes. Uh, we'll we'll update you on what our super producer, Casey Pegram and our producer, Max Williams, are wearing at some point in the future. But today's episode is about shoes. Maybe not the way you think. And in today's episode, I am joined, uh, I'm Ben, I'm joined by a very special guest. You've heard him on the show before. You've heard us talk about him on the show before. Fellow Ridiculous Historians, please join me in welcoming the one, the only, Mr. Matt Frederick. Oh, wow. You messed up. You messed up and let me back in. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. And the crowd goes wild. Not since that terribly recorded hotel episode have you seen or heard of me on this show. <laughs> well, that was, you were in character for much of that episode as well, weren't you? Uh, yeah, I just remember I was trying to engineer it and figure out how to get my voice on it. And, and it was in a hotel. <laughs> That's right. We had we have been through uh we've been through some weird trenches in this in these careers of ours, Matt. We've recorded in 
hotels. We've been stuck in airports and cars together. There are some pretty neat stories that we can maybe share along the way. My first question for you, Matt, Mm -hmm. dear, dear friend, what kind of shoes are you wearing, bro? Oh, uh, let me check the old feet here. I've got on uh, some Columbia, like, water-resistant hiking shoes right now. Yeah, hiking shoes on. Okay, I like it. Uh, folks, you may not know this, but Matt and I are, are somewhat similar in that we both, we're both weirdly prepared for things. <laughs> yeah. So are, are you weirdly prepared to take a hike in I, the rain? I am. <laughs> Under my desk where I'm recording right now, there is a go bag. So there's one in my car, and there's one immediately here where I can reach down and grab it. I've got on my hiking boots already. We're ready to go. Uh, Throw the kid on my shoulder. Get out of here. Just in case a Zoom meeting goes wrong. Oh, yeah. And they can go very <laughs> wrong, as we have all learned. But uh, nothing yet. So we'll, we'll see. It's funny. We're, we're sitting here chatting about something going wrong, and an ambulance literally went by, or a police officer. I'm not sure which siren that was. But it immediately went off on in Ben's Zoom. Yes, that's true. I am. Uh, I, I live in a somewhat infamous part of town here in Atlanta, as do you, Matt. Actually, now that I think about it, and you know, as we're recording, sometimes this will be a the street I live on is a main artery for the city. Uh, so we'll hear what I sometimes call non consensual Ubers uh, that are <laughs> that are taking people to and fro, but. Today's episode is uh, something that, Matt, I had specifically asked you to hang out with and talk about with me here because there's a little bit of background. Um, To say it in a sentence, today we're talking about this weird tendency for people to wear very, very pointy shoes. Like, not when we say pointy, we're not talking about high heels that come to a point or maybe pointy dress shoes. Uh, We're talking about something that you have actually seen in the modern day, Matt, in uh, your neck of the Atlanta woods, right? Yes, it's it's very true. We are talking about shoes that you may imagine only seeing in ancient medieval paintings, maybe seeing, gosh, where else would you see something like this? Maybe if you've been to a museum at some point and you've seen armor that soldiers would wear very specific soldiers from specific places but yes in my neck of the woods there exist these types of extremely pointy shoes i cannot stress how extreme the point is i live on buford highway in atlanta which is an extremely ethnically diverse area and there is a place close to where i live where There are a lot of dance clubs and music clubs that primarily are for Spanish-speaking clientele and audience, and lots of music that comes directly out of Mexico. And around these clubs, let's say at a QT that is somewhat close to one of these clubs, if you're there at a certain time on the weekend, on a certain night, you will see shoes that defy both gravity and generally... Uh, practicality (laughs) (laughs) yes Um, it just doesn't make any sense until you begin to look into it and that's what this whole episode is all about right uh that's that's a great way to kick us off because the story of weirdly elongated pointy shoes is much much older than some of us might think today we're talking about something that if you're fancy is known as krakow or pulain 
these are a, a kind of shoe with these Dr. Seussian like pointy tips, and they take their name and what most people believe is their origin from the actual Krakow, the, the capital of Poland. And like Matt said, if you've ever been reading through an historical book about medieval Europe, or you've looked closely at medieval art, then you've probably seen these shoes before. Uh, you might not know that they have a story, but visually they're they're pretty hard to miss. They look bizarre. They look impractical. They look weird. Yeah. Uh, and they were they were super duper popular, not just in Poland, but in England, all kinds of other parts of Europe. Can we can we talk a little bit about what the Krakow just in general looked like? Oh yeah. Imagine a shoe that is largely leather. It doesn't have the sole the way you'd imagine maybe your shoes do right now. It doesn't have the kind of support that your shoes have. It's almost like a a leather wrap that's very hardy. Now, imagine that at the end of that leather wrap that's around your foot, right by your toes, it extends out anywhere from six to 15 inches, maybe even 20 inches, 24 inches, if you're real nasty. Uh, and, <laughs> and weirdly, this is one of those fashion trends that has occurred throughout history because there, there are moments in trends where, and I hate to separate it this way, but it is very much separated this way in books and in the research that we've got about this topic, separating men's fashion and women's fashion. This is one of those cases where it was mostly men, young men who were wearing these shoes. Yeah. And in the European case, they were often a little more wealthy. They were the leisure class mm -hmm. because as you can imagine, just hearing that description of these shoes, you couldn't get a lot of work done wearing <laughs> these, you know. Uh, people, the people who wore these were often considered gentlemen. They would stuff those pointy toes with hay or whalebone support. It was very important to them that they had perky points on their shoes. Nobody wanted floppity points. So, yes, which I'm sure is the technical term. Well, imagine, imagine the, exactly. Imagine the materials. You're you're talking about mostly leather and maybe a couple other materials in there. So that would be crazy floppy if it was just some leather at the end. So yeah, the whalebone. And also nope. whalebone. <laughs> that's pretty, that's pre like, that's not a, th a thing the average peasant would have. Yes. They, would, they wouldn't be like, I gotta get rid of all this whalebone, jeez. But who would have whalebone? Uh, the, uh, the tailors who are making corsets right around that time and other pieces of uh, clothing material that used whalebone quite often. Mm -hmm. and was sold to people who are wealthy enough to buy the majority of their clothes. So, of course, the uh, more conservative aspects of society, the rulers of society at the time, they hated this stuff. Of course, it had a silly name given by its opponents. These Krakow were called Devil's Fingers. Yeah. <laughs> which is maybe I'm thinking of ladies fingers, but today that sounds like it would be the name of a snack made by a hostess or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Devil's fingers, but that, you know, anything that's out of the ordinary, you can imagine a large religious institution such as the church of England would take issue with it because it, if it's different and strange, it probably has something nefarious going on in your mind mm -hmm. as the church of England.
Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car. I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonneville. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. It, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. <laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. So let's say you're back in this time. You got your first pair of pikes, as they might have also been called. And you're thinking, who do I need to thank for these amazing shoes? I am officially ankle down like one of the coolest people on the planet. 
who should I send the thank you card to? Well, that would be Count Folk of Anjou. At least that's what a lot of historians say, that he is the source of this in Europe. And the story about why he's the source of this in Europe is speculative, but sad. The idea is that he started Poulain's as a trend because he had some sort of foot deformity. Yeah. And that's kind of the the rumor, right? That's like maybe the origins of it, but we can't tell for sure because we do know that pointed-toed shoes were a thing well before this. It was it was something that was happening prior to Count Folk. Count Folk. I really like Count Folk. He sounds like a villain. Just the name Folk sounds sort of like if he were in the Marvel universe, he would be a villain. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. But uh, so so before Count Folk in the in what would be considered the Middle East or the near Middle East, there has been a tradition of somewhat pointed shoes since good lord, what, what 3000 BC? Mm. Three, excuse me. Excuse me. Not oh. BC anymore. What is it? BCE. There we go. Before Common Era. The in- Istanbul, not Constantinople kind of, kind of situation yes. going on BC and BCE. Yeah, you're right. It was around for millennia, literally. And Folk, who was also sometimes known as Folk of Jerusalem, went on a crusade in 1120, and he stayed in the Middle East until his death 23 years later in 1143. So... This leads historians to conjecture it's possible that crusaders in the 12th century were influenced by the trends they saw in the Middle East. And then when they came back to the West, they carried some of these fashions with them, which is pretty common during those sorts of regional conflicts. Oh, yeah. What do you bring back? Spices for sure. Because if you control the spice, you know how it goes. Then uh, (laughs) um, fabrics of any kind. We know the history of silk and how it ended up going across the world. And really other types of clothing that were just would be considered highly unique, somewhat bizarre to the rest of society in a different part of the world. Yeah, and this happens during, of course, the the many branches of international trade over history, too. Games like what we would recognize as chess today migrate along trade patterns. I love that you point out spices and food, that kind of stuff, especially. I would say spices are more a commodity at this point than they are considered a food stuff, right? Like, this is a species that used peppercorns for currency once upon a time. We It's true. We dig spices. I mean, think about the first time something like garam masala made its way across. Oh, I know, I remember the first time it made its way across to my palate. Mm-hmm. I haven't been the same since. <laughs> yes, it's a very specific change. We had a meeting about it at work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I know exactly what you mean there. And this is something that people still experience today. It's a very common part of human psychology. You want to be unique, you want to make a statement, and you also want to be up on the newest cool thing. Whether it's the modern era or the Middle Ages, everybody kind of wants to keep up with the Joneses and stay in front of the other, whomever the not Joneses are. Uh, Yes, or or the Count Folks in his his crew. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. And so there's an issue here of exaggeration that occurs because even the longest pointy-toed 
shoes in the Middle East had nothing on what was happening in Europe once they found out about this pattern because the Middle Eastern shoes didn't have points that were more than half of the length of the foot. They were they were usually they were just like a, a modest point about two inches beyond the longest toe. That's it. That's it. So they look they look cool. They look distinctive, but you can also do stuff in them. Yeah, for sure, <laughs> for sure, and and it's it's something we should point out. <clears throat> uh, sorry, that <laughs> the um the style of shoe was pretty dang popular until the 13th century, and it's not like it just showed up, made a huge splash, everybody wore, it, and then it went away. It's just one of those trends that it became popular and it continued on. And around that time, kind of early on in the trend in the Western world with these pointed shoes, it wasn't like they were going ham in the West either about this. They weren't trying to go two feet out from the foot, like some of the craziness we mentioned at the top of this episode. Mm-hmm. Right. They were, there was a pretty standard thing. It was just, okay, well, there's a pointed shoe and it looks pretty good. But it never really went away. It just kind of stuck around for a while until the 14th century. Right. Okay, the 14th century. There are these Western merchants who are trading in the Baltic region. They travel to areas of the Baltics where these shoes are quite popular. And they say, oh, we've discovered these. And so they call it the Poland fashion or Poulain, toe style. And they take it back to Western Europe. According to the Museum of London, the term Poulain evolves from a French term that just means from Poland. So they were basically calling them Poland shoes or later Krakow shoes. That's right. And as it became more and more popular, (laughs) how about this? As the trend grew, so did the pointiness. There we go. Yes, there's a toe-based arms race here to be the coolest kid. You could literally say they went to foolish lengths for fashion. The, wow. Yeah, the Poulains, we think, uh, oh, and shout out to our research associate, Gabe. That's, mm-hmm. that's, that's one of the things he really wanted to hit. So, <laughs> so there you have it, Gabe. If Gabe ever puts in a pun or writes, writes a, a cool turn of phrase, we're very quick platform it we're a no pun left behind show you know that's right some sometimes that doesn't always work out but it's about the principle so so (laughs) (laughs) so the ones we think of today when we think of pointy shoes in in historical documents and in illustrations from the time they probably did come about in 1340 or roundabouts in poland in krakow and then polish nobles came to visit the polish wife of the British King Richard II. And when these nobles came, of course they showed out. They're wearing their best, their coolest gear, right? You know, the, the good cloak, the, mm-hmm. the clean breeches. And, and of course they're going to rock their crack house. What are you talking about? Yeah, dude, they show up in court and you know how English <laughs> court went at that time, you know? like, And we're not talking about court like with a the judge. They're just in these massive rooms where everyone is just displaying and hanging out. And one, they're just having so much merriment because they don't have to do anything. All of their servants are doing everything for them. They just ha- get to have a good old time. And you know there were some English dudes over there going, Good God, do you see the points on those shoes? The audacity. <laughs> the sheer audacity to not have a pair for us. What 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 would be 
What's the reason for this? Well, certainly they're doing something with those points, right? I know it's <laughs> not, but they have flexed too hard. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. We must make we must make our own and much more pointy. Yeah, yeah, indeed. <laughs> and that is a uh, that is a you know obviously a um, historical 100, reenactment. Hundred <laughs> percent accurate historical reenactment we translated that uh from the dialect of the time it's true and the thing is they would have known a little bit about slightly pointy shoes just not ridiculously pointy shoes because they've they had that um <laughs> do you remember uh i like big butts by sir mix a lot no, I can't remember that song at all. It's just okay. my mantra for every day. Right, because you're never constantly singing that whenever <laughs> we're not on air. Yeah, the uh, I picture maybe those two those two folks in court are like the uh, two women at the beginning of I Like Big Butts. It's oh my like, God, Becky. Look at her. <laughs> oh my God, Becky. Look at his shoes. They're so pointy. <laughs> and they are big. So, you know. I guess it really does mesh up. Do you think he's one of those Polish nobles' boyfriends? <laughs> wow, are uh, going to do the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're not going to get to the verse. Uh, but uh, but maybe, write, write the lyrics if you'd like. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can post them at Ridiculous Historians on Facebook. So yeah, this is something they've never seen it taken to this level. And so for over a century, actually, a ton of Mainly, as you said earlier, Matt, a ton of male nobles were wearing these in Europe, and it became such a craze that every person who could afford shoes wore some form of poulains. Though in general, we're talking about the big tippers, they really are the realm of nobility because those folks can just walk around. I'll say it. I'll say it. Clown shoes. They're, when they get to that point, I'm not a comment on any current trends, but when they get to that point in medieval Europe, they are like clown shoes. They're hard to walk in. It almost seems as though they are purposely designed to have comedic effect. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac yeah. Bonneville. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one, and that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I meant I said El Camino, and I meant Monte Carlo. 
I miss it so. Uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos, and the last one, God bless it, I just I I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally, but it, it still was like a a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now. Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, Noel, have you ever wanted to wake up to something better? Oh, boy, have I ever been. <laughs> well, uh, this is where Avalon Waterways comes in. How does waking up to a medieval castle, an ancient cathedral, a rolling vineyard, or a charming cobblestone village sound to you? Well, here on Ridiculous History, that's right up our street, Ben, our charming cobblestone street. So I can say it sounds pretty good to me. You're absolutely right, Noel. Avalon Waterways has redefined cruising in so many different ways. They've got the uh, widest opening windows. They've got beds that face the passing scenery. So wherever you go, you have a front row seat to the views of the world. And not only do you wake up in the best staterooms in the entirety of the business, but you're waking up in a new port every day, right in the heart of these amazing historic cities. Ah, Ben, sign me up. Open your eyes to a better view and a different kind of cruising. One with smaller ships, bigger experiences, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at avalonwaterways.com. This is a perfect time to talk about the walking styles of peoples before the advent of shoes, uh, modern shoes, with, with the types of heels that we have, even, even with the, you know, the most lowly of the shoe right now that you can find anywhere to the fanciest of shoe. There is a style that we really have and it affects the way humans walk because these shoes make us walk on the heel of our foot a lot of times. But if you're wearing the types of shoes that uh, a lot of the folks would be wearing back then, you're going to be walking on the ball of your foot right up there by your toes. So it's a very different walking style. And you can see some videos online, by the way, like Historical Body Mechanics by Roland, I don't know how to say it correctly, but Warjesha, Warjesha, I think. Mm -hmm. Brilliant stuff. Really shows you the difference in the way people walked back then as opposed to the way they walk now. And these giant pointed shoes really would have had an effect on your ability to walk around. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's strange because there are so many things in the history of fashion that seem purposely designed to exhibit the fact or to draw attention to the fact that the person rocking these fashions does not have to work the same way that other people do. You know what I mean? And yeah. some of those traditions can be quite horrific, like the practice of foot binding, right, in China. So this this isn't to that level. But it's clearly, 
it's just silly. It's clear, like you're cle- you clearly want people to know that you are, you know, like you're down with Polish shoes and you also don't have to have a job almost, but well, yeah, it's pretty much that you, you don't, you at least don't have to walk in, in any distance. You, you can go from one side of the room to the other. And if you shuffle a little bit, if you, you know, have to move your feet a little differently, that's fine, but you're not going down to the market ever in those, unless there's a carriage. Right, right, right. It better be a good carriage. And in the, the driver of the carriage must also have planes, but they can't be as big as mine says the noble. And that's actually, that's the next thing that's really weird about this. So we know that fashion trends often, not always, they evolve a number of different ways through societies, but fashion trends can often, or trends of any sort, can often start in the upper echelons of society, and then they filter down. And as they filter down, increasingly toward whatever the you would think of as the commoner, at that point in that society, they become less important and less prestigious to the people who are there in the first place. Uh, mm-hmm. This happens today with all sorts of things. We do have one important difference, though, here in the modern day in the U.S. As of 2021, no one is going to make a law that's like if if for some reason silly hats a very particular. What are those hats that like go on the back of your head? Kids wear them and they have a little propeller. You know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what those are called. Um, dealy but, bops, spinner sure. hats. Yeah, dealy bops. Okay, so what? So like, let's say, uh, <laughs> let's say uh, the current president and Elon Musk and like Dame Judi Dench, Angela Merkel, they all just start wearing those dealy bops. And no one says anything. It's just super cool. <laughs> and is, then, it, is it called a propeller hat or a? I, said, I, I don't even know I what it's so. called. I honestly have no idea. Spinner hat. <laughs> Hi, I've got a spinner hat. <laughs> so, so just for this example, which I, I think I might have painted us into a quarter here. Okay, we'll try to sew it up. So imagine that happened in 2021. And then other people, for some reason, also thought it was cool. And they were like, I want to be like the titans of industry. Queen Elizabeth's got one too. Why not? And they're like, I want to wear one of these. Well, then now you totally could. There would probably still be that same pattern where it's wherein the um the well-to-do like these mm-hmm. hats less and less as more and more people rock them. And but, the the spinners get larger and larger and larger <laughs> and longer. <laughs> and soon we don't need cars or helicopters. <laughs> Thousands die. But the, uh, but the difference here is that at this time in Europe, the authorities were capable of making things called sumptuary laws, which meant that if they didn't like other people rocking their style, they could make laws that told certain classes of society based upon where they were in a larger hierarchy, what they were allowed to wear or do or say often as well, or eat. That's a good one. And it was class-based, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we have the breakdown, right? Yes. If you're a commoner, you must, you can wear a poulain, but it must be short, very short. Uh, I think you go up to half of a foot Mm -hmm. for a commoner. Now, that's if, all you get. That's correct. <laughs> now, if you've leveled up and you are a bourgeoisie, you may have around a foot. Let's say one foot. Now, if you are a knight, oh, goodness. Well, you may have one and a half feet. Now, 
<laughs> That's great. One and a half feet for a knight. Really functional. Really great for the battlefield. Really good for uh, just everything. Jousting, mm-hmm. sword battles. Even archery has really helped out with the old poutine. <laughs> poutine? I'm in. I'm in. Let's do it. The hats, uh, the, the shoes were also often stuffed with uh, with curds and uh, gravy and french oh, fries. Oh, can you imagine the smell? Not only is it old leather, but all that stuff in it. Ooh, yeah. Have you ever, you've ever smelt poutine and thought, I wish this smelled a little bit more like feet, like unwashed feet? You know, I really have. <laughs> Just add some blue cheese in there, like, you know, oh, a little, yeah. get a little off the road and do that. Uh, but we're not done here. If, right. So knights are great. Knights are awesome. But what if you're a noble? Oh, my God. You may have all the way up to two feet. But if you're here hanging out with the royalty and maybe you're a prince, two and a half for you, pal. Guess what? You win. You win the Krakow game. You've got two and a half feet of extra leather just flopping around unless mm-hmm. you've got that great whalebone. In this case, you're noble. So you've definitely got the bones. Two and a half feet, a straight up point, son. <laughs> That's how they talk. No, you're right. Like the, at that point, just physically, structurally, those whalebone inserts might not be the best choice. So some of these princes, these top of the top of the shoe game, they had to use these gold or silver chains attached from the tip of the shoe to their knees in order to walk. This looks even more clownish, but it's the origin of this uh, French expression. Uh, my French is terrible. I'll have to ask Casey later, but it means vivre sur un grand pied, to live on a large foot. So it, it's lit, it's very on the nose or very on the toe. It is referring to that. And, <laughs> and people knew it was extravagant and they knew it wasn't practical and that was part of the appeal. You would, <laughs> you would also want to, this is so weird. So we, okay, we know about novelty footwear in the modern day. Like I had Reebok pumps. I had yeah. LA lights when I was a kid. I, yeah. I, I like that. They did this too, but these were grownups. They had like a little bell on the, on the shoes sometimes when they were, you know, at a party, at a soiree. Or they would even make an ornament in the shape of a bird beak. And these would dangle from the tip of the shoe. So everywhere they were walking, they were not only floppity flopping around, but it was also like a prince coming through. <laughs> Your prince is here. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. That's perfect. That's Man, perfect. I, I really, really wish we had our friend Jonathan Strickland on the show right now because he has so much experience just in the middle ages. Uh, man, he's just been around everywhere. He goes, he goes out in the middle of Georgia and just time travels at least once a year. Oh, um, careful, man. Careful. What? It's, it's like Beetlejuice rules, you know? Oh, uh, really? Yeah. We just have to be careful. Is all I'm saying. It's he's always listening is the issue. I, I don't I'm know just, how. <laughs> I'm just saying. I think he's played a character before where he had one of those, uh, one of the, one of those pointy shoes, and then he had the thing tied around his knee. I'm pretty sure I've seen him in that get up really? before. Yeah, you know he kills it at Renaissance at the annual Renaissance Fair, Renaissance Festival. Oh yeah, the the that's the rural time travel thing I was talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nice, cool. I'm glad they're the same thing. I thought I was picking up what you were putting down, but I didn't want to presume. Oh no worries. So okay. don't say Jonathan Strickland again. You're saying. Uh, please, okay. yeah, no, okay. seriously. Matt, 
It happened. This is something that happens on this show. I, I, I should have mentioned this earlier. Sometimes we get so into an idea, a strange story that we're exploring, that we end up making a two-part episode. And that's what you and I have just done, man. This is this all this right now is just part one. Whoa, 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 whoa. So somehow we have warped into the first episode of two. I really thought this was all one big thing. Like I if you would have you know, if, if you were to just say this to me in the middle of nowhere, like it's happening right now, I would be so confused. <laughs> so, yeah, that's it. That's that's the thing. That's on me. You know, honestly, <laughs> I can't put that on Casey or, or Max or Andrew. That one's on me. But I can't wait for us to continue on uh, part two. Are you going to stay for part two? I, I guess. I mean, if if you'll have me. <laughs> Are you kidding? Please. If we didn't have you on part two, then it would be like a Krakow without uh, without the the toe. What's hmm. the point? Oh, wow. That oh, did not land. Oh, that did not land. Uh, we're I, working I, I think it would be like it would be like the Krakow without the whalebone. It would just be real floppy. Yeah, that is it. Thank you for saving everyone from a floppity part two. We're going to call it a day here, folks. Thanks, as always, to our super producers, Casey Pegram, our guest producers, Andrew Howard, Max Williams, and Alex Williams, who composed this banging track. Matt, thank you so very much for joining us today. Sir, the last word goes to you. Uh, it could be any word you want. And then after that word... If the spirit so moves you, maybe you can tell the rest of our fellow ridiculous historians where they can find more of your work. Last word. Jonathan Stern. No, don't, 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 no, no, no. Seriously, don't. Oh, okay. All right. Fine, <laughs> fine, fine. Um, how about strange arrivals? Mm. That's it. That's really it. That's all we get. And Camp Hell and ephemeral season two and stuff they don't want you to know if you're not listening to stuff they don't want you to know get ready for something awesome that's about to happen on that feed so oh, make sure you're over there that's right yes yes so matt and i started stuff they don't want you to know years and years ago and we've done some very weird things over our time on that show uh we have something extra special for you this is oh it's a weird one okay uh we we can't tell uh, we, we can't divulge much more about that other than we hope you tune in for part two of Krakow. <laughs> I don't know why. I've been saying it in an increasingly pretentious <laughs> accent off air uh, for pointy shoes. Yep. Pointy shoes too. Extra pointy. Nope. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Just join us, please. We'll see you next time. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.